TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James in Austin. That's Joe in San Antonio. Joe is in, uh, it's, it's, what'd you say? Tomorrow is McCoy's one month birthday. Are we going to give an update about my, by, about my newborn son each and every podcast? Yep. Okay. Yes. He turns one month. We are recording this on Tuesday. He will turn one month on Wednesday. No. So he has that particular birthday, but you, in some ways you had prepared for a birthday that was two weeks later than he actually has. Um, yeah, he was supposed to be born this upcoming Thursday. Oh my God. So weird. That's so weird. That's okay. That's okay. Of course it's okay. He's all all healthy. It's all healthy. That's it. That's, that's the best part about it. Uh, And I don't know about mom and dad right now, but that's okay. Yeah. You're not sleeping, but you don't care. Joe's never slept before anyway. I don't think. No, no. I do like my sleep, but that's okay. You know, you know, who, you know who Ted Newland is, right? Like he's a hall of famer. He coached at UC Irvine forever. Yes. Yes. Yeah, We've so, all know who Ted is. So Ted, Ted was a, a, a volunteer at the 84 Olympics when I was working there as a ball boy and he was a very intimidating guy. And in between games or whatever, he would just sit on the deck and take off a shirt and uh, sit in a chair and he would just sort of stare straight ahead. And, we sort of figured out that he was able to kind of sleep with his eyes open. It was, it was creepy, but that was, yes, uh, it was definitely a different time with coaches on the pool deck without their shirt on, or even worse coaches on the pool deck with a shirt on and only a speedo. I've got those kinds of coaches too, but at least they're hopping in the pool. They're getting ready to get in the pool. It makes some sort of sense. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I once had a high school coach. Yeah. I won't name who it was. Oh, come on. This was back in the day whenever the referees had the flags. Yeah. So the Love coach the had to have a have a set of flags for the practice. He got so mad at us. Not at me, just at a of teammate. Of course not you, yeah. And he got so mad that he threw the flags at or in the general area of the athlete that messed up. Yeah. And then he jumped in the water fully clothed, like with his his slacks and his and his nice shirt and tie. They were slacks, yeah. Fully clothed, and said, "Give me the ball. This is how you do it." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. And some people wonder that I'm a little mean sometimes. So there you go. <laughs> that is funny. My my high school coach took off a shirt every once in a while. It was not a good look. It was not a good look. I remember playing at the Seminonautica. It's a tournament in Santa Barbara, and he. Uh, and for whatever reason, he decided he was going to chew like he wanted to try dip. He'd never done it before and just went over to the side of the pool and yacked everywhere. Right in the middle of the game. A much different time. Much, much different, different time. Way. Yeah. So, but uh, no, but we have a lot of stuff to get to here. We do. So. Yeah. We got, we have some stuff. It's good. All right. Cousino. Um, Cousino in uh, Southern California. Um, Texas teams did really well. We've been in communications with a lot of people from that team. Um, Pegasus and Thunder both went and had very, very good tournaments. This is a big tournament. Like this is a yeah, big. Yeah, this is, sp- this is the uh, Evan the Evan Cousineau Memorial Tournament. Yeah. Um, it's in Southern California. It's for Mark Cousineau's son that passed away. Um, and it's just a memorial tournament, and it's been going on for years and years. It's 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 one of the large. I think they had about 150 teams in the tournament. Yeah. And the way that this tournament was was kind of set up, you could kind of kind kind of enter whatever division you wanted to be in, like the platinum division or gold division or the silver division and um, the Pegasus of Fortune U boys, they entered the platinum division, which is the highest division. And I think they got second place. Well done. Yeah. And then the Thunder boys and girls, <laughs> uh, uh, they entered the gold division and won all their games. I, and their and yeah, and their quote was, "We should have played in the platinum division." Yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I heard from both staffs and coaches and parents and such. 
it was great that they were up in the stands and they were and they were hearing the California teams tell each other there's no way that that kid can be 14 yeah and which is great congratulations to both groups they went out there and had highly in highly successful events but it's 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 uh, it's a testament to kind of how far water polos come here because it used to be you know you may not get those kids until they get into high school right yeah and now it's we're getting them earlier and earlier before they go do the other sports and then they're coming to here so we're getting a higher caliber of athlete that's playing and we used to sit there and go out to JOs and say, oh, my God, there's no way that that kid can be a 12 and under or whatever, right? But now teams are saying that about teams coming from Texas going out to California, which is a testament to, you know, like the hard work that these clubs have, like, that they put in and, you know, that the recruiting is going on. And also, you know, they're also kind of kind of coaching them up to play a, yeah, a little bit bigger are. than what they are. Yeah, let's not forget that part. They're doing a very good job of that. That's really good. Like they're they're being just the mere fact that they're competitive. A lot of these teams that are, you know, maybe times are changing. You know, it's been a while since I actually lived there. But that attitude toward teams that are not from the area is just you know, yeah, that's cool. They're playing, but they're no good, and so we'll we'll beat them. And now they got to look out. That's and that's all we're really asking for. So excellent, excellent results for them. The same held true, I guess, for Rocktoberfest in Mesa, Arizona. I saw the pool. It looked pretty nice, actually. I'll bet the weather was great. Um, oh, it's a nice pool, and they do a great job kind of hosting it there. It's there each and every year, the Rocktober Classic, I guess they call it, right? Is that so, it? I don't remember. And, and, and it's a USA water polo um, like event. It's very similar to Welcome to Texas Shootout. And um, and like it's just it's grown and grown. There's 32 teams from around the country that, yeah, that go out there. Again, they get to be in different divisions, and Again, the Pegasus and Thunder teams did, yeah, kind of both, yeah, kind of both did well. They're starting to travel big time. That's really cool. And I, the the photos that I saw, or you know, the images from social media, that tournament looks like it's just a blast, like a lot of fun. You're playing against all these teams from all over the country, and uh, and they look like they put on a really good show. I thought that was really impressive. Oh yeah, I mean, USA Water Bowl does a great job with that event. And, you know, it's just we want more and more 12 and under events. We want more and more 10 new events. And we're going to be trying to do the same thing in Texas kind of moving forward, too, with, you know, the Dare to Dream events and getting these tournaments, especially now that we have two high school seasons coming up in the spring of 22 and the yeah. fall of uh, uh, 22. We have to be focusing on the on the year gets quite a lot in 22. So. We, we have more of those 10 and unders than we've ever had. It's I'm. Yeah. I'm on board with that, Joe. If you can start to pressure the tournament hosts, they should almost always have at least something going on for 10 and unders. I think that'd be awesome. Start pressuring them. Yeah. Have, you been, haven't gotten on ongoing. that yet? Oh, really? It's been, it's been ongoing. Oh, really? So, okay. I mean, it's just encouraging teams to, I mean, it's... It's one way it's, of putting it. It's, it's, it's two ways to do it, right? It's you have to um, encourage the teams out there to have 10U programs, to have 12U programs, so then, they, so then the tournament directors... And hosts can then have tournaments with divisions, yeah, with twelve U and ten U, yeah, and um, and then you know there are like you know I think everyone sees it at Dare to Dream and JOs that this past summer that there are ten U specific rules, right? Smaller course, it's it's I, I think it's five on five, which includes a goalie, yeah. You know, um, there's there's going to be specific rules like like there's no direct shot outside of of six, so there's rules that are specifically based to make sure that they have a good time because you don't see the like, like the little 10 year old, like the little, t- like, like, like 10 and under playing on a hundred yard soccer field. 
Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's so so we're trying to to do that like the same thing and the same thing now with twelve U's. There used to be twelve U specific rules, and there still are. But now instead of having the full like the full seven on seven, now it's turned into six on six, and they did it this past weekend at Rocktober, and hopefully if it works out well, I, and I think it would be a, a great idea to have a full six on six instead of a seven on seven for 12 use moving forward. So, yeah. and again, they did not use this. There was no zone defenses this past. Yeah. This past weekend either. Oh, good. I mean, there was no zone defense rule, specific rule. So you could do zone defenses. Well, so. yeah, that's an open debate whether you should well, actually be teaching that at 10 and under, but that's no, but that's it, between just, you and me. It, it's just difficult to not get the kids to do it. And there's some kids that, are just in law line land that they don't know that they're doing it. Then it's really difficult kind of sometimes to get the referee that just uh, officiated an 18 U game in one pool. And then they have to come over and do a 12 U game. They forget about that specific rule. So oh, really haven't seen that before. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, no, it's great. And, and congrats to, to both Thunder and Pegasus. And they were, they were uh, representing uh, Texas as well. So. North Texas in particular, well done. I'm a, it's, it's so much fun to watch these teams go travel and do well. It really is. I mean, yes, of course, we want teams to travel no matter what, whether they're, they're competitive or they're just having a good time. But, you know, they, they make some noise, you know. It's good. Like, it's, they're getting noticed. And so I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. Um, then on the speaking, other, of, it, speaking of teams that are, are representing Texas and doing well, What's up with Austin College's past? Well, weekend? look, you're sugarcoating it a little bit. They did well. I mean, they're having a good season. They lost three in a row, though, up at Air Force. That is a I I I can't remember who I was talking to about it, but playing up there, which I never did, uh, is apparently really tough. Um, yeah, like like you got the it, it's called Mile House Stadium in Denver, right? You got the altitude to is deal it with. Seven, it's it's even like taller than 7,000 feet or something like that. I can't remember. It's way up there. So um, anyhow, they lost to Air Force in actually a pretty close game. Um, but then they, they uh, you know, Santa Clara gave them a bit of a beaten and then Concordia from Irvine uh, beat them decently as well. So it's a good weekend. I mean, you're talking about really good competitive teams to play against, which is... Uh, it can be difficult to do, as we've talked about. They're located in Sherman, Texas, in case you didn't know that. And so there aren't that many teams that are super close by. So this is a reasonable trip for them to take. I'm sure that they had some good takeaways. We'll talk to Mark Lawrence, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, but, yeah, three losses. They're tough ones. Um, I'm very curious about that Air Force game um, about, you know, boy, they, they kept it really close. I think they gave them a bit of a fright. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy playing up in altitude. And, um, yeah, I mean – those games playing this past weekend in altitude against some higher caliber opponents is going to help them out down the line. So really soon, actually, right? So the twenty third and twenty fourth, they are go back to the East Coast, New London, Connecticut, to play the CWPA Division Three Eastern Championships. It's a big deal, um, very big deal. It's and oh my gosh, it's and it's also just crazy to be to 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 think that it's the end of October almost already. Oh, yeah. you know, we're yeah, talking and, I, and I hope that Austin College goes up there and beats the MIT and the Johns Hopkins of the world. So. Yeah, MIT has been playing pretty well, but there's some – I got to go look at the scores again. There's some big – not big. There's some notable upsets over the weekend at, at that sort of level. Um, Johns Hopkins, I think, was playing pretty well. So who the heck knows, man? I hope they go up there and beat MIT too, even though we love Austin. Austin Ringheim, that is. Um, all right. I think unless you have anything else, we're done for segment one. Yeah. Okay. We're done. We'll be back in a minute. 
All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. James and Joe back with UTX Water Polo Podcast. Uh, we covered um, the Cousineau Cup for October and Austin Colleges weekends prior, but um, one event that uh, just took place, which is uh, a little nerdy but important still. What what is what has come out of the UIL regarding the, I guess now official upcoming season? Well, I mean, it's always been official. So like in 2019, in October 2019, that's when they said that they're going to start water polo in fall of 21. And then obviously because of the pandemic, they moved it um, to fall of 22. But, they're, but they need to do some housekeeping. So this past weekend was the UIL Legislative Council meetings in Austin. This is something that they do twice a year. And um, they, quote unquote, officially, it's going to be uh, listed as a varsity sport and Schools are now going to have the opportunity to, to sign up to play high school water polo for fall of 22. That'll happen in October and January of this school year. And then once once the UAL gets all that information back from the schools, then they're going to be able to take all the schools that are playing. And they'll be able to develop the districts in the in the region play. That'll come out in, yeah, in February of 22. And then that'll allow the schools and the coaches to then make their schedules for fall of 22. So wait, as a, as a school or a district, then you can submit paperwork in either October or January saying that you're going to play varsity water polo in December or January. Yes. Oh, I see. Uh, and I, you have to do that. And you have to do that each year for all do. sports. Oh, I didn't for know all that. sports. So like you have to. So there's it, it lists all sports. You have to check off football, basketball, and all and all that good stuff. It's probably online now, but yes. <laughs> and um and then and then you'll take all that and. The UIL will then kind of kind of make up the districts in the regions kind of from that. Um, and uh, and then, you know, they'll make up their schedule. So the schedule, most schedules probably sh- probably should be in place by the end of this school year. And then everybody starts uh, on the August 1 of 22. So and then and I don't know if we talked about this on a last podcast or not, but um the season now that got sh- like the like the championships got shifted a little bit later, so it's at the end of October now. Yeah. The high school state championships, so which just make the season uh, like uh, like a week or two longer, which is great. Um, but then you know that'll make the postseason start the second week of October, and then it'll just be like you know the districts and then by districts and then regionals and then state uh, uh-huh. championships and state championships still probably going to be the four boys teams and four girls teams. Is, it's all going to be the single elimination as well. So, the, you know, for years now, obviously, the the location of the final tournament has been determined, you know, by by region and it it rotates between them. Um, I can't remember if we talked about this before. Do you have any notion of how the final tournaments for boys and girls are going to be once it's a UIL sport? Like, where will they take place? Um, I think a lot of the sports for the UIL championships happen in Austin. So, and I think that, um, I think most likely it's probably going to be in at the UT swim center Okay. in Austin. Now that's, that's where the hot, like, that's where the swim championships are each and every year. 
as long as they can hold it there. You know, they weren't able to hold it there during the pandemic. But like, um, so that that would be my guess here off the top of my head would be the end of October. So at the UT Swim Center. That would be sort of like a fixed location. Again, I'm not familiar with how it works with UIL in general. That'll I know be the football's a, up at the in Dallas, right? Yeah, it's normally a fixed location. Okay. And that doesn't mean that they that they won't have like a bit of a rotation kind of eventually, but um, probably for the first first few years, it'll be a, a fixed location and most likely in Austin. Oh, that's good for me. I'll put it that way. Um, very good. Okay, so UIL that that's uh, cropping up. We're going to have some discussions. I know. Well, for well, actually, you said that we'll know basically by the end of January all of the varsity teams that have submitted paperwork to the we UIL. We won't know. The UIL will know. Well, is that not public information? And, and, I mean, uh, I think UIL will make it public in February, kind of once they announce the districts and okay. regions. Fair enough. I, but you know, both of us want to know exactly who signed up for that. So that's, yeah. that's all and, I'm uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get some people that sign up that are a surprise. We'll get some people that don't sign up that that's going to be a surprise. But, you know, we're still teams and schools, school districts are still kind of kind of working through the whole COVID stuff and the pandemic. So, you know, um, you know, we're we're expecting somewhere between 150 to 175 schools. That that means boys and girls teams at each of those schools right. that are that are going to be playing in the fall of 22. That's our hope. And you know, if we end up with a lot more than that, that's even better. Even better. and we'll just keep growing each and every year. That's that's the goal. Even so. better. It's a recruiting tool for my club too, of course. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, Texas Academy. What's the official name of the academy, Joe? We'll talk about Texas that. Texas Water Polo Academy. Texas Water Polo Academy, right? So, yeah. uh, obviously, an educational opportunity. But what's coming up? So um, we started this month. So we have two cl- two coaching clinic sessions each month, October through February, to get everybody ready for the upcoming spring twenty two um, high school season, which is the last Tisca Water Polo um, a, a season. So we have on the second Tuesday of each month, we have a Tisco water polo coaching clinic. Mm-hmm. And then on the third Thursday of each month, we have a USA water polo coaching clinic. They're very similar on what they're going to do as far as, you know, just to give you a, a, an example, Scott Slay last week did um, kind of big picture offense and defense. And that was a great, that was a, a great clinic. And, um, Chris Cohen this uh, this week is going to be key offensive and de- offensive skills and drills. So it'll be a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Tisca Clinic should be kind of more geared toward the big picture, kind of that like kind of the high school kind of related. USA Water Polo coaching clinics are going to be are going to dive into the weeds a little bit more. So, okay. and but those are going on. Um, we obviously all coaches are welcome. There is no cost to this. We encourage you to participate. Um, you you're going to be able to ask questions throughout. We had about 20 different coaches that were part of the, this past clinic, and we're also posting all of the clinic materials, presentations, and also the video, the like the Zoom video at southwestwaterpole.org, which is the Southwest Zone website. Right. Very good. There is a TXWPA tab. Just click there, and that'll be where all the stuff's going to be here for the foreseeable future. TXWPA. Right. Okay. Um, excellent. That's uh, is it. Wait, is it on uh, YouTube also? Is that where you're posting it? I don't even know. It's on YouTube as well, yeah. but okay. I mean, that's where I'm just kind of sending people. It's, yeah. It's, good it's, idea. it's just a YouTube embedded of a video on Perfect. that page. Perfect. Okay. 
Um, just completed one more weekend of ODP. That was in uh, Houston, uh, Sci Fair. Um, and then they'll be heading up to do the final, uh, this is strange to even say out loud, but the final clinic of the season is this coming weekend in, uh, at, uh, LISD, um, up in the North side. So, um, sold out, like sold out and early, like big mm-hmm. numbers showing up to these clinics, right? Yeah. As soon as, as soon as you get out of the way, you know, people want to come. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, my retirement was an entire plan to just uh, increase recruiting. No doubt about it. So, but no, it's, yeah, it's great. So, um, from what I hear, the camp, um, the ODP camp this past weekend at the Sci-Fair pool went great. There was a ton of kids there. Um, they're trying to include as many of the kids that weren't able to get in before it got sold out as possible. Um, this upcoming weekend, it's, yeah, um, it's, this is, this is, this is tremendous. We have a lot of, of kind of, kind of big time numbers and, and it's going to be it's it's really showing that the ODP is taken off. It's growing and um, people want to be part of it. So it's great. Yeah, really good. Um, again, the schedule is a little bit different this year so that, uh, the you know, rosters are going to be at least considered after this final camp um, this coming weekend. And then a couple training sessions get, are going to take place prior to traveling to Utah for uh, West Region Championship. So that's very, very cool. Get some more training mm-hmm. time together. Yeah, exciting. It's exciting. We have a lot of other stuff going on as well. I mean, you got the champion, like we just talked about, you know, over October, which is a USA Water Pool event. Well, a USA Water Pool National Championship called Champions Cup is coming up in November 6th and, yeah, November 5th, 6th, and 7th in the Midwest. And I think Thunder is sending a boys and a girls team to that, um, which is great because normally, you know, the last time that tournament took place, it was at, it was at U of H in in Texas. And we have a lot of teams that want to go whenever it's in Texas. We haven't really had a ton of Texas teams go whenever it's not in Texas. So this is good that yeah, that thunder is going to be representing the Southwest zone. Um, that same weekend, thunder is actually hosting a water pole tournament as well. I know. Great. So they're hosting it at the Northwest, uh, pool up in Justin, which is just over there by the Texas motor speedway, um, brand new pool and they'll be hosting it. And, and it's, that's for all age groups and genders. It's going to be a ton of teams that they're probably like 35 to 40 teams. Just play games. Just boom, boom, boom. Just, yeah, just knock them out. Yep. And, um, I'll be there. then you got the Cowtown stampede that's going to be in December. You know, you, yeah, you just talked about the ODP training camps, uh, that are going to be happening before the Utah tournament in January. We've got the dare to dream tournament in January. You know, we also have the holiday camps are going to be back on and they're not going to be virtual this year. They're going to be in person. That'll be those will be back in Colorado Springs at the at the Olympic Training Center. Thank goodness. And um, and just a little kind of kind of aside to kind of, you know, we talked about Austin College playing at the Air Force Academy way back in my day. Yeah. Um, like they've been doing the holiday camp, which is one of the best things that USA water Polo has done over the last 30 plus years. They've been doing that camp since the, like the early eighties. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go there as an athlete, as a student coach, as a staff coach, I ran the camp for three or four years and it's just a great, great, um, like, like environment. But whenever I went there, I remember having to get bust from the Olympic training center out to the air force Academy because they did not have a pool at the Olympic training center at that right. time. And, Oh man, drink plenty of water. <laughs> it was not a fun time. I mean, it was Poor just Texan. hard, you know? And, um, I mean, I was, I, I was a year on swimmer, so I was probably a little bit better off than most kids there. But, um, yeah, that was, I mean, I could, 
I understand about getting into the like the altitude and um but yeah so it's so it's great and like the, like the kids that go to the holiday camp um if you like those are selected there's only a certain number of kids that can go from the southwest zone yeah um it's primarily have to be eighth nominated. Graders. yeah you have to be nominated um it's primary like the eighth graders that um that all get selected because the sixth and seventh graders will will be able to go in yeah in future years yep um there's only a, i think there's 11 people from each zone across the country. So there's about a hundred plus kids, a uh, hundred plus boys for the boys weekend, a hundred plus girls for the girls weekend. And, um, yeah, it's just, if you can get your athlete to participate, I would highly, I would highly recommend it. That we have some time before that happens, but yeah, we'll continue to pitch that. I, I actually have to talk to some of my athletes. We're, we're my little club. I mean, our families are starting to want to travel a little bit more, a little more adventurous than they used to be. So this is good news. So um, I think there's some. There might be some who are very much willing to go to Colorado Springs and uh, and uh, check that out. So very very good. Um, and last but not yeah. least, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's a Dallas Fall Masters invite at SMU. On November 13th, 14th. I got that notice, yeah. So hopefully they're going to have that tournament. They've had, they haven't had that tournament for a couple of years. But if I didn't say anything, I'm sure Matt Robinson would be a little upset. So, <laughs> yeah, that's who that email came from. That's right. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I have my, my young guys are really in charge of all of the master stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm vaguely uh, associated with it. I just open up the pool. Basically, that's what I do. So, yeah, and that's Pegasus that is hosting that event. So. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Uh, SMU, very nice pool, obviously, uh, as well. And lots to do. Lots to do in that area. Okay. Um, Joe, I think that's it. I don't even hear a baby crying. The door shut, and we fed him at <laughs> Good 12, parenting. So there you go. Yeah, good parenting. You just shut the door. That's what you do. All right. Well, uh, you know, best of McCoy, obviously, as usual. And uh, thanks, Joe. All right. Thanks. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening, telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And we thank all of you who have done so, so far. And uh, with that, until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.